0: today on generation swap i'm talking with Dondre brown and demetrius miller dandre is the director of the center of opportunities resources and excellence at aquinas college he's an nfec certified financial education instructor and he holds a bachelor's and a master's degree from kent state university he's also the founder of 1428 financial wellness and the executive director of young money finances organizations that focus on empowering children and adults to take control of their money Demetrius Miller is a senior at Aquinas College, where he's studying clinical exercise science. He's also a member of the men's track and soccer teams. Welcome, Dondre and Demetrius. Thank you. You both begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and your life journey.
1: Yes, so um, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I moved to Grand Rapids about three years ago. Um, I earned my bachelor's and master's at Kent State University, where I started out in the mailroom and worked my way up all the way to the director position. And um, other, I think other piece of identity I think is really important is around the age of 12, I entered the foster care system. Um, and for me, it was life changing from the sense that um, it had just exposed me to just different things um, in life. And it really um, helped me understand the power of mentorship. Um, I was surrounded by a lot of individuals that um, seen things in me that I didn't see it myself at the time. So around that time, I really started to um, embrace the power of um, just building relationships with other people.
0: And Demetrius, what about you, your life story? Uh, not as interesting as Don's is.
2: <laughs> but um, I was born and raised in Grand Rapids. Uh, I uh, went to Granite River Prep um, for high school. And then, uh, got an offer for soccer at Aquinas college, took the offer. And, uh, now I'm here. I, um, I also work at Mary free bed, um, at their rehabilitation hospital. And, uh, yeah, the sports, you like addressed earlier. Yeah.
0: Well, how did you get to know each other?
1: I'll let D take that one.
2: So, uh, I'm really close with Sarah Havlin and, um, I th- I believe Dondre came in the same the same year I was a freshman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. site.
2: Yeah. And she she was like, yeah, there's a new uh new member on the board. Dondre, I think you should meet him. Nice guy, et cetera, et cetera. And I think uh yeah, I think the next week we ended up talking and and it, it was uh like that's how it was. It was good. And I think it was very imp- uh, important for for me to meet Dondre because he was a black man, especially at Aquinas college, you know, it's very important for uh, people of color to be able to communicate and get to know each other, you know, just have the other person there, you know?
1: Yeah. And I remember uh, meeting D the the first time he was kind of, you know, nonchalant, Uh, introduced myself and we kind of just kept it moving. And then I think what really happened was our ability to consistently just try to build a relationship I can be honest and say sometimes I can get socially awkward, but uh, we started to share life stories, um, trials and tribula- tri- tribulations, and I think D really opened up. So I think in that sense, when we first met, it was kind of like a formal, hey, how's it going? And then it got uh, really, real, really fast, which I think really helped our relationship grow.
0: What would you say makes your mentoring relationship work so well? Do you have common interests or similar career um, objectives or just, uh, Demetrius, you mentioned, you know, having someone else who's an African-American man at your college is very helpful. How do you describe or understand your relationship?
2: Um, I would describe it as uh, just being able to be vulnerable to each other, you know, um, We don't have exactly the same uh, uh, growing up story, but we do go through some of the same things, you know, especially as just a black man in America. Um, So, yeah, just being able to just have the other person to talk to um, and just being in a space where you know you're safe with the other person no matter what, it's uh, just nice to have. So kind of like a big brother type of a figure, I would say.
1: And to add on D is is a very honest and direct person uh, that I think that keeps our relationship um, strong because um, honesty is important, especially when like D is talking about being vulnerable. Right. So it's important, especially when you're navigating college or just life in general, to be able to just sit down and be open with someone. And for me, I I tell D this, um, I'm going to do my best to be as honest as possible with him. To help him understand and navigate things but also learn from him um our mentor or relationship is a two-way relationship i learn more about the world um through these lens Uh, like you said we don't come from the same situations but there are many learning opportunities and we're both open to that Uh, we don't always agree which i think is great (laughs) we can have conversations about things Uh, we were both athletes uh, so I ran track as well. So we always poke at each other about who's faster. Uh, and when he was going through his moments in, um, school with his injuries and stuff, I was able to talk to him about some of the things, some of the knuckleheaded moments. Uh, let's be honest, knuckleheaded moments that I made, I'm trying to come back from injury quickly. Uh, so again, being able to have those, those shared, um, experiences and that honesty really helps our relationship.
0: I appreciate you mentioning how it is a two-way exchange, D'Andre, because we have reflected on that um, with teaching and this podcast, where instead of thinking of it as traditional mentor-mentee, we talk about this being like a swap-mate kind of relationship based on the name of the show, Generation um, Swap. And so we we hope that it's mutual. what do you believe are the greatest advantages of having a swap mate or a mentor and dandre i'll ask you not only to think about what you give to demetrius and receive from him but also in the foster care system sounds like you were really impacted by some of the people that you crossed paths was there when you were young
1: yeah so um some of the things I, I definitely get from d i never forget when uh we were in in my office and we were talking about dating and I was asking him, like, so what does dating look like now, right? And when he was explaining, I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I don't really, I couldn't, you know, I, I was very open <laughs> to what he was saying. But at the same time, I was learning a lot. Like, even the terminology has changed. Um, it, For me, it was one of the learning experiences where I was like, I need to continue to be connected with just what's going on in the world. Uh, right. My role and job demands that. Um, I am open to our students' experiences, learning from them. And that's one of the pieces, being able to learn and understand. Um, I remember I did some generation to generation training and they talked about how generations are different. Um, The language is going to be different, the culture, the values. And I see that through the relationship that Demetrius and I have. But going back to foster care, um, that was essentially it. Um, My experiences were different and I was around a lot of older individuals. Um, who were open to my experiences. Um, they listened. Um, they didn't tell me not to always do something. They, they gave me different ways to look at it, different perspectives. Yes, it was irritating. Sometimes it was frustrating, but it helped me develop a mentor model or a swap mate model um, that I carry today because in any relationship, um, like you were saying, it's great for it to be mutual.
0: Demetrius what about you uh what do you think are the greatest advantages of having a mentor or a swap mate
2: I would say the greatest advantage specifically with Dondre is that um he's older than me but not you know really old you know he's a, he's a he's a young adult so a lot of the questions and a lot of uh, a lot of things as I'm growing up going through college I can always ask him or ask him for advice or just what he did in my situation just so i can be um a smarter more mature man you know growing up and so uh, it just always helps to have kind of like a like a backbone or somebody to just really keep you in check or um just give you advice when you
0: need it and did you say a backbone yeah oh i love that yeah that's a great image um uh, <laughs> i'm gonna ask you any specific experiences that you can remember when you were first in foster care people who really had an impact on your life, um, maybe one specific role model. Can you give us a little insight into what that was like for you?
1: Yeah, so my foster dad was, he was vital um, in my life. Uh, when I first entered foster care, I was this introvert that didn't really wanna talk to anyone. Um, I was very angry. I didn't know how to um, understand what was going on in my life and my world. And i never forget, we were at a bus stop um, and, uh, one thing to mention about my dad, he's blind. He's completely blind. Um, he was in a car accident, a uh, rock was thrown over overpass. And when I entered the foster care system, um, he was just out of surgery. Um, uh, so I never forget, we were sitting at a bus stop because very independent man. So he would take his cane and go to the bus, go grocery shopping and come back. So he had asked me, um, basically did. Um, he want me to serve as my dad. And I was like, yeah. And from that point, it was very clear that he noticed that I had a um, just a lot in me, such as being able to uh, speak. I was very quiet. I never forget one day I was in the house and my dad was walking around and he accidentally stepped on me.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> you must be <And>, quiet.
1: <laughs> and he was like, well, Dondre, I'm going to need you to speak, like be present because i'm blind i don't know if you're in the room um and from that point on i it was very necessary to um, let people know that you're in the room right not only for individuals who can't see but just for the world um, And it, it doesn't mean you go running around screaming you can do things like introduce yourself say hello so it's those small things that um, i take into um, account today um, that was hard for me to overcome without um, being present uh, in my dad um, being present in my life. But as it pertains to mentorship, he was the one that taught me how to tie a tie. He helped me with my first um, important speech, uh, Martin Luther King speech. Um, we had the girl talk. <laughs> so he, he really um, was very intentional about my life um, in the areas that I needed to grow in
0: Yeah, his story sounds fascinating, Um, an awful experience, but that it didn't stop him from being involved in your life and and really modeling all kinds of important things for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm now, I'm I'm thinking your answers are going to be quite different to this question. So, um, different childhoods, when you were growing up, were you encouraged to think deeply about who you are deep down and what it was you wanted to do with your life? Did those early you know parents or others in your life draw that out of you or was were you mostly on your own with those things?
2: Um, I would say honestly, I was mostly on my own. Um, growing up, my life really consisted of like sports first, education second, and just uh, you know my social life and just being a kid really. So throughout school and high school, I would say high school, more importantly, um, it was no doubt that I was going to go to college for sure. Um, But, like, as what I wanted to really be when I grew up, it wasn't really a conversation that I had. I was really, really focused on playing soccer in college. And now i come to the point where I'm almost done with college. I'm almost done with sports. So it's like, who are you? Like, what are you going to do? And you kind of have to just sit back and see, like, well, what I, what can I do now? Who am I outside of school, outside of an athlete? And, um, yeah, so I, I would I say I didn't really have that conversation that much growing up, which is unfortunate, but it helps me um, look back and make sure that my brother and sister don't make the same mistake. Or I can help somebody else, you know, focus on who are you outside of, your bubble of school work and sports because that's not what life is outside of college. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and for for me, um, similar story in the beginning, I wanted to be what I saw. Um, So I I used to always watch the show Cops. So I wanted to be a cop. Um, I never forget it. I was like, I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I arrest the bad guy, things like that. And then my mom was like, don't be a cop because you're going to die. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, it was very clear that she said that. And I was like, I will never be a cop. I don't want to die. And then um, when I went to high school, my high school principal, um, he seen a lot of me too. Um, he seen a lot of anger. <laughs> but then he also seen that I had a story. So he was the one that helped me start to think deeply about myself, um, the community I came from. It was just a lot of violence um, a lot of gang affiliation, just a lot of that stuff. And he basically told me, um, if you continue to go down this path, um, you're basically going to end up in jail. Um, so how can you set yourself apart from these individuals? So he started to force me into things. Like I got into the chess club because of him. Um, <laughs> Cause he would see me do things for fun. And he's like, do it in an organized way, right? Be surrounded by people um, in a different way. Um. Another thing he uh, forced me to do was the Martin Luther King speech. He entered me into the contest uh, with without my permission. <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> but at the high second, school already. That yep, it was in high school. Speech. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um. So he he really pushed me. Oh, he also pushed me to run for vice president. Um. In high school, because I told him that I didn't want to be involved in stuff. He was like, "You have you have a story. You have so much motivation." So he was the one that had me really start to think deeply about myself. The other moment that really changed my life is when I decided I didn't want to be um, a cop or a lawyer. So at first it was a cop, and then I went to school and wanted to be a lawyer. And then it went from being a lawyer to a teacher. Um, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And it was like my entire community and family looked at me like, what? You don't want to be a lawyer? Teachers don't make a lot. We're giving teachers a, a bad rep. Um, But it was because um, I was offered the opportunity to to travel to Ghana in 2007, and I taught at an all-girls high school, volunteered at the kindergarten, and really fell in love with teaching and realized that I had been teaching all my life. So once I had an opportunity to reflect on that on college, I was like, this is what I want to do, which led to me getting my master's, and that's another reason why I try to teach in many different areas and become a lifetime learner at the same um, time.
0: And I'll ask you, just to follow up, uh, you do a lot with financial literacy and um, mm-hmm. you know, working with young people and others. How did that part of your teaching or educational life evolve?
1: Student loan debt.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's a common, common problem, right?
1: So I was a great uh, manager of money at Kent State University in my job. Um, I did really well with managing our budgets, created a really nice system, all those great things. But my personal finances struggled. So I had to figure out how to bridge that gap. So what I started to do was look at what I did at um, Kent State University and apply it to uh, my own personal budget, such as getting signatures before large purchases. Right. So though I would be the person, you know, giving myself the signature, there's still some time between the purchase. So I gave myself more time between the purchase. The other piece was just being um, trying to be proactive about wants and needs and being critical with myself. So once I did those things, I earned my master's in the arts of teaching and I was working on my PhD in cultural foundations. Um, I kind of merged those two worlds together and created a financial literacy model called the culturally responsive financial literacy model, because working at um, not only Aquinas, but Kent State, I worked for federally funded programs which um, supported first-generation low-income and students with accommodations. And one of the requirements from um, those programs is to teach financial literacy. So at first I was teaching financial literacy, I was teaching someone else's curriculum. Um, I wasn't living it as well. (laughs) So it was like, you just teach a workshop and you just continue to go, not measuring if it's effective, not listening to the students to see what they wanna learn about. So once I came to Aquinas, um, I told myself I was going to take a different approach. Um, I'm going to listen to what the students want. Um, and just so happened that year, they took a Campus Paul survey and talked about financial literacy being something really important for them. So um, talk to students. And, and I think that played a, a great role in D&I talking about finances, too. Um, so my role that I have now is to help people do what they want to do with their money, but also give them the tools and resources to think differently about the opportunities they have with money.
0: What value or guiding principle is important to you at this stage of life? Honesty. And any particular sort of uh, story about it or explanation of what it really means in your life?
1: Yeah. So, um, I lived my life, um, not being as honest as i wanted to be so i have seven kids um yeah I, <laughs> and my community family etc statistics like everything was working against me so i didn't i felt afraid to talk about those things um what i wanted to do in life when i learned more about who i wanted to be it was important for me to be honest with other people about who i wanted to be um, so that they can approach me differently um my dad he wanted me to be a lawyer. <laughs> and then when I summoned up the strength to tell him I wanted to be a teacher, he treated me differently. When I say differently not in a bad way, but just okay, this is what you want to do, then I'll talk to you like that instead of continuously saying, "Well, look at these law things and I'm you know, not really telling him like that, I want to be a teacher." Um the same thing with our students, uh being able to be honest with them about life circumstances. Um some of the failures that um we had to go through uh, our process and our thinking. Um, again, honesty has, has really uh, helped me feel more secure in who I am. And then people can see that in all different walks of life. So once I started positioning myself to say like, hey, I got seven kids, so what? Um, it just made me feel different. Um, I know for my kids, whether they felt it or not, um, it, just, it just changed the dynamics for me. I always tell people um, my three or family, finances, and future. Uh, so family, or faith, family, finances, and future. Uh, those are my Fs, and just trying to make sure that those things are, um, wore on my sleeve, which is the reason why my business is called 1428, which is named after the scripture, Luke 1428.
0: What about you, Demetrius? What value is important to you at this stage of life?
2: Um, value, I would say, um, I don't know if you would consider this a value, but just being open and being able to talk to people around you um, in, in a sense that uh, you can always use somebody. Um, anybody can help you at this stage and age. Um, uh, like, for example, when I was a freshman in college, um, I was still just working at the gym, not really knowing what I was going to do. And then um, I had a friend on my track team, and he was working in a healthcare facility. And we get to talking, um, came a little more closer as friends, and he suggested that I come work at the come work at the same job that he was working at, which is at a healthcare, um, assisted adult assisted living. <laughs> and so just from that, just from randomly joining the track team at Aquinas College, meeting up with a friend, and he was uh, not to mention he was a senior when I was a freshman, so big age big age difference um just being open and being talking to people got me into a position where I'm like oh okay well I love this job I love healthcare. I love working with people who would have known that would have never happened if I wasn't friendly and didn't open my mouth or didn't want to speak to somebody else you know so just not being shy and um just just using their words and getting around how you can
0: and Demetrius, this is a follow-up question for you. As you're thinking into the future, and I know now you're preparing soon to be done with college and thinking about work, is there anything specific that might be helpful to learn from D'Andre as a mentor, um, whether it's something about the world of work or about relationships, personal growth? Um, is there anything that you think, yeah, I guess I'm you know, i going to continue to need somebody to help me figure these things out?
2: Um, I think... Uh, earlier what he said was um, just remembering to to be honest with yourself because uh, the conversation would then be different. So for example, when I'm talking to my advisors as I'm coming, coming to an end here at Aquinas College, they're like, well, um, make sure you're taking this class, this class, and this class for grad school. And me not being transparent with them from day one, they're like, well, I'm, I'm sitting here like, I don't even know if I want to go to grad school. I'm not even sure what I want to do for a career yet. So this conversation you know, could, could be a lot more beneficial if I was more transparent with them from the get-go. Um, so just, yeah, I guess being honest, like you said earlier was one thing that I definitely got to, from here on out, uh, remember to use with everybody
0: yeah, and it sounds like also just keeping the door open to possibilities, which I think is, sure. is kind of tough because you're you're focused on what's next. But mentors are often very helpful for seeing the big picture of, hey, you know what? beyond May, when you graduate, you know, there's the the five and ten and fifteen year plan and how to kind of chart those waters. Dondre, what do you think about your role in helping young people figure those things out?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Again, I've been surrounded by people who helped me see the big picture. Even when I didn't want to see it, at least they planted the seed. So it'll be a random moment. I'm not around anybody and it clicks. Um, I think those are really powerful moments. So whenever D and I have conversations, like literally before we got on this call, he's very good at asking questions. Um, He sees that I balance a lot of things in my day-to-day and he was just like, how do you balance all this stuff? right? And it, and it opens the opportunity to talk about passion and purpose and vision, right? I have a vision for what I want to do five year, 10 years, 15 years. And I understand that I can always think big, but it's important to start small. And things like time management, the things that we don't, <laughs> they say time management, you're at school, you're like, I don't need time management. But then once you, you know, graduate, you're like, these things are really important um, so it, it's really good that D opens itself up to asking those questions, but I'm always in a position where um, sometimes it's devil's advocate, but more importantly, it's just here are many different opportunities. Like the world is like a grocery store. You can go in there and literally start to pick different ingredients so that you can make the, the perfect meal, which is what you want to do, um, five years, 10 years, 15 years from now.
0: Yeah, and time management for you, I'm sure, is really um, an art when you have seven children and a career and some outside activities that are, yes. uh, you know, organizations <laughs> that you started. So um, a follow-up, uh, D'Andre, is, is there anything you wish you would have known at 20 that you know now, like advice that you would give to someone younger? Like you
1: oh, that is a great question. Um That demands like a book or something. Yeah, I I would say um, like he's already doing, but just being open. I was the type of person, again, that was an introvert. I didn't want to do many things. I love to stay in a smaller crowd, Um, though being an introvert has its benefits. One of the things that I shied away from was opportunities. So when I was open to taking the opportunity to go to Ghana, it was life-changing for me. It literally helped me see what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, like literally. So if um, going back to the, the 20 year old me, just taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, there were times where I just wanted to hang out with my friends, so I missed out on so many things. It's like, no, I just wanna be with my group, whether it was a track team, whether it was the football team, whether um, it was my friends back at home, um, they are going to be there. Um, those friends will be there, but these opportunities sometimes are once in a lifetime. Um, so I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I've learned and going back on all the opportunities that I missed. Um, I probably would have taken advantage of those.
0: Well, for anyone who's listening and doesn't have a swap mate or a, a mentor, uh, what advice would you have about how to find one?
1: I
2: would say find people that are in the same, um, boat or same interest, um, as you, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same age, but somebody that shares common common stories or common upbringings in life. Um, I think it's very important. Like I said earlier, me and Dondre aren't the same age. We didn't go to we didn't grow up in the same city or, you know, even in the same state. But, you know, just uh just by being a, a, a black man in a in at Aquinas College, which is not very uh popular is, is what what brought us together essentially and so just finding little things like that, I think
1: will uh, help.
0: Anything to add, Dandre?
1: Yeah, I would agree with Dee. Um, it's important to uh, find people that you have commonality with um, or some relation um, to, but again, that's a process. But then also um, have swap mates instead of one, right? Find someone who is different, right? You, you learn a lot through difference as well. Um, you learn a lot about, your, about yourself. You learn a lot about the other person um, and it's a way to start to uh, grow. Um, I think growth really happens when we are challenged to do different things. So I think that's really important. But then the other piece is, if you have a vision for something or, um, that you want to do, try to connect with that person. Uh, for me, at one point, I wanted to be a college president. So I remember talking to um, a college president here in Grand Rapids just about what that looked like. Um, And then we ended up building a mentorship or a swap mateship um, beyond just talking about um, his role, but more so what does it take to be a leader? Um, So that conversation got very general. So you can have a board of swap mates. Don't overwhelm yourself, but (laughs) position yourself to just have your go-to people.
0: Well, I love that advice. That's tremendous. Like your own board of directors who can help you in different areas of your life and draw on other people's expertise mm-hmm. that's terrific advice last question for you what's been the most valuable thing that you've gotten from your swapmate mate relationship
1: i would say watching uh, d grow we came in at the same time and his growth has been tremendous um i've seen him in leadership positions i've seen him taking advantage of classes the conversations that we have about the things that he learns um his ability to recover from life circumstances like watching that in the last few years for me has been beyond rewarding because i'm seeing him write his story um i'm seeing him own his story um i'm learning a lot of his values being family oriented um open honest building relationships taking advantage of opportunities the the d that i met um when i first met him wouldn't have been on this zoom call wouldn't have been doing this podcast Mm -hmm. um so watching that for me honestly is beyond rewarding
0: beautiful thank you and demetrius yeah
2: i cannot stress enough um yeah, what I take what I take away from this is is Dondre consistently pushing me out of my comfort zone. Cause I mean, from especially from my fresh from my freshman year, there's it's like night and day. You know, I uh I just like to keep to myself, go do my sports, homework, social life. I don't want to do any leadership things. I don't want to <laughs> be on no panels. I don't want to talk to nobody. None of that. But um I'm very glad with Dondre, especially um. Sarah Havlin, as well, for pushing me out of my comfort zone, um, allowing me to grow as a person, you know, make more connections, and just be more involved with my school and just the people around me, and uh, you know, uh, utilizing opportunities that are given to me. So yeah.
0: Well, I want to thank each of you for joining us today on Generation Swap. Dandre Brown and Demetrius Miller from Aquinas College. And a big thank you to our listeners. You can find Generation Swap wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, generationswap.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank Thank you. Thank you.
0: There are endless listening options out there. Thank you for tuning into our unique podcasting space. It would mean so much if you would subscribe, rate, and review Generation Swap. Our show is sponsored by the Aquinas College Advanced Center. Our director is Dana Hebriard. Our producer is Sean Melia. The marketing coordinator is Bridget Avery. And our host is Sydney Camp. We're looking forward to swapping intergenerational stories with you again next week.